The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Welcome to episode six of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack and I'm joined as always by Casey. Good morning. Oh yeah, it is morning for you, isn't it? Uh, we have an awkward thing that we have to do at the start of this podcast because uh, we basically, it's unfair that we got to plug our podcast on something. So now I have to give Talking Shut a free plug. I believe that's how it works. <laughs> so listen to it. <laughs> Is that the plug? Yeah. Oh, it's close enough to one. Uh, anyone, <laughs> no one quite does a dead rubber with nothing at stake like Leeds United, do they? No. Dom? Is there an ice cream van in the studio? There is an ice cream van in the studio. Oh, can't you? <laughs> Because I can hear it clear as day. Obviously, we'll cut this out. <laughs> in fact, no, fuck it, don't, leave it in. <laughs> it was so loud in here, I was convinced the mics had picked it up. Uh, one thing that the microphones did pick up was Sky Sports' horrendous commentary during the Mateus Click goal against Aston Villa, which is where we'll start. 1-1, Click, and then a Doma. But that isn't the story. So, uh what do you want? Do you want to talk about the first half? Uh, yeah, first half it was right, decent game, two decent sides. Yeah, I thought I thought Villa probably had the better chances, but it was a fair, it was fairly clear. Close yeah, I'd, game. Say, I'd say first half we edged the play, but they that El Ghazi chance early on with header was a really good chance that he should have done a lot better with. Mm. Is that is that the first half dealt with? I then? think that's the first half pretty much dealt with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, um, we'll start with a simple one. Would you have put the ball out? Probably, but. Uh, but I'm I'm a bit nicer than you. This is me assuming you wouldn't put the ball out, though. I'm not sure. I think that I would have been very similar to Roberts because I'd have slowed up as if I was gonna. But I think if I saw an attacking player in that much space, instinct would kick in. Mm. Like, yeah, so, I, before we get into it, I do want to say that every single bit of this was caused by Stuart Atwell. Yes, it was. One of the worst refereeing performances I've ever seen. I, I've never known someone so poorly managed players since... Actually, it's probably not that long ago. It was probably Darko Milinic. Yeah. David uh, Hockaday. David Hockaday. Two, two poor managers of people. Yeah, it was weird because I was on about this uh, with my dad, actually, when we were watching the spurs Ajax game. A better referee with more backbone. When that ball went to click, would have blown the whistle and stopped the game. Mm. and gone and taken the hit for it's not a head injury, you're not meant to stop the game. And he would have been technically wrong. But had he done that, he would have saved all the rest of it. And a stronger referee would have done that. Yeah, he was already getting booed anyway. So it's not as if the crowd's turning on him at that point. We were all against him already. I think the, I think the point when it really went was that... Uh, was the Liam Cooper tackle on Grealish in the first half, which was inch perfect. Yeah, perfect tackle. And he booked him for it. I saw it in the ground and went, right, that's a perfect tackle. But 
I also, in the ground, thought that El Ghazi had swung round and backhanded Patrick Bamford. Mm. So you can see things wrong in the ground. So I, when I went to watch it back, I thought, I might have seen this wrong. And it's a really, it's a hard challenge. And he does get him in follow-through, but it's impossible not to. He gets to the ball, he's a yard ahead of Grealish, his foot gets to the ball on the floor, his studs aren't up. It's just a perfect tackle. And it isn't even a, ooh, the game's gone one. It's just a bad decision. Yeah, and and I can't remember who it was now, but someone on Twitter released a video of of all the fouls given uh, in favour of Jack Grealish. And some of the stuff he went down for when Calvin, like, when Calvin Phillips is kind of just on his shoulder and he's throwing himself down, and I'm sorry, and... Uh, Dean Smith after the game said that Jack Grealish needs more protection. I honestly, I, I don't know how much more protection the man can get than yeah, he got he, in that game. I think he gets more protection than goalkeepers do. Uh, honest to God, like some of the stuff he was flopping around for was was unbelievable. Yeah, now like you, say, just 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 essentially, you know, Phillips has got his arm up a couple of times, just kind of nudging him for it while while he while Grealish is got his body between the ball, him and the ball as well and just throwing himself down yeah he was infuriating in this game and it's such a shame because he's such a good player but now the, I'm not saying the Birmingham fan should have done what he did he definitely shouldn't but I'm not surprised he picked him yeah it, it, it clearly doesn't lend himself to not being attacked by random strangers on the pitch yeah but it's as people pointed out as he went as he got hit by that fan as well. He turned around and tried to appeal until he realised what had happened. Yeah, which shows that he's not even that weak. He's just a he's just being a dick. <laughs> so you so anyway, we need to get through. Or it's weird because it'll feel like really old news, even though it's not that long ago. But like it's probably anyone that knows you're a Leeds fan will have been talking to you about it for two days, even in America, and it's been the same for me. Uh, well, I, I've been trying to explain this because I um, obviously for me that was a four AM kick. I even texted you the night before saying, "Is it worth getting up for?" And, I, and I'm not going to lie, I'm glad I did now. I wasn't sure you would. If someone had tried to describe this game to me, I wouldn't have believed them. No, it was a it was a hell of a atmosphere and a hell of a thing to happen. Yeah. So yeah, I I was up and then I was coaching straight afterwards. I uh, was coaching for most of the day as well. And I know a couple of people who came to me was like, so what actually happened at the Leeds game? I've, I've read about it, but I can't I can't quite understand. It's like, if I wasn't in the middle of coaching a game, I would take you to one side and take the 10 minutes it, it will require to fully explain the situation. Yeah, it's weird. Like, maybe putting it out would have been right, maybe it wouldn't. But the fact is, you don't have to. Like, the rules are, it's not a head injury, and ref didn't stop the game. So... Anyway, click goes through. Really good finish, I thought. Which, by the way, everyone who says they're completely stopped, no, the defender went to close him down and the keeper dived full length. It was a really good finish. Mm. That was perfectly in the corner. I then thought that the way that the Aston Villa players reacted was an absolute fucking disgrace. Um, yeah, I've never... And, and bearing in mind, and we'll come on to this, but the first reaction is that someone grabs hold of Click by the shirt while Click stands perfectly still. Yeah, he stood still. He knew that something was going to happen, so he stood still with his arms up, didn't he? Just like, I'm not good. I'm not getting sent off here. I, I'm not doing anything. Mm. And four of them, I think though four of them grabbed hold of him in the end, main one being Conor Hurahan, who we'll come to in a bit. Yeah. I've got a lot to say about Conor Hurahan, actually. Yeah. But I just, 
like the game went on and I, you would be pissed off. I'm fine with them being pissed off. But you can't react like that. Like, they could easily, with a different referee, have had three players sent off. I mean, like you say, uh, th- their complaint then turned into, as you said, Roberts looking like he was going to put it out. But again, he didn't. And there's that moment where, you, uh, essentially, they don't stop, but they very much slow down to Aston Villa. The midfield did stop. There's there's definitely a look of, uh, you can see it on a couple of them, a look of r- ref. You ref. see... I must admit, for the thing where this, I don't think he like consciously dummied him. But mm. when he slowed up, I did think Roberts was going to put the ball out of play. I'm glad he didn't. Oh, I'm glad he didn't as well. My first, as soon as he passed it, everyone around me, we all stood up and I shouted, yes, fuck him. <laughs> it's it, like you say, it, it's, it all comes down to it's not a head injury and Aston Villa go to sleep, essentially. They assume we should put it out. And the Daily Mail thinks that we're going to do that. We've done the dishonourable thing. Yeah, I um, because, because of the bloody foreigner that manages us. Yeah, that it was the Daily Mail that Craig Hope headline. You know, leads play up to their devious reputation. Kindly go fuck yourself, Craig Hope. Craig Hope, you are you really this to be all OS dub about it. State of your headline, mate. Daily Mail writing up to their racist. <laughs> standards like yeah but obviously there's so there's all the scuffle afterwards in which Hurahan has clicked by the throat he punches him he nearly drags him to the ground and then Bamford also kind of rags someone over which is what he got booked for and mm. then El Ghazi turns around when Bamford's behind him and slightly moves his arm to within oh maybe five yards of him and Bamford goes down holding his face, and El Ghazi gets sent off. Uh, that is, I think that's the first time as a Leeds fan I've really seen a player fake something like that. To that I'm struggling to now. Like, there's the Adrian dive and stuff like that, but they're not the same thing. Like they, they're really bad as well, but this was a conscious effort to get to try and get a player sent off. Yeah, I, I, again, uh, there's and there is definitely a difference between making the most of something. Again, I'm not in favour of when, especially when you see like two players put their heads together. That's the Berardi thing from the Bristol City game last year, isn't it? Where two players put their head together, and I can't remember who it was, but they're like it was Matty down. Taylor. Ah, oh, there you go. Um, but El Ghazi came nowhere near him. It was it was horrendous. And I, and I don't think there's any Leeds fan who's seen that back and thought, good on you. I think everyone everyone I've seen is looking at, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, no, the closest you've got to a defensive Bamford is what about her? Like, yeah, but the best the best version that Leeds fan can come up with is, but Grealish is also a diving prick. When, when your best defence is but the other guy, that is when you know <laughs> your player's in trouble. Yeah, but look over there. Yeah. So it sounds like, as as of yet, I don't think it's quite been confirmed. He had until 6pm today, but I can't see Leeds challenging it. No. Oh, no, actually, but yeah, they were, unless they have done, I'm assuming they've accepted the ban, because it's a two-game ban, they'll miss Ipswich and the first leg at playoffs. Where, but I, I, I said on Twitter, now, don't get me wrong, I didn't want him to get banned, I'm not saying that. 
but I'd be a massive hypocrite if I said anything other than he deserves it. Mm. It's it's stupid, and especially at this point of the season. Yeah. If you're going to get caught for something like that, then, you, you know, I, this, the daft thing is, isn't it? Um, again, we, we will come on to this, but there are, what, is Sky were there, so there's going to be, what, at least seven, eight cameras there? Yeah. You don't, like, at the, in this day and age, it's very difficult to get away with stuff like this. Because mm. not all eight cameras are going to be trained on the same position, and hence why you saw why that gets pulled out so easily. What did get missed is Hurahan and Grealish going over to Click and Hurahan very much looking like he punches Click in the stomach. Uh, I don't think you need looking like. He did. Mm. It wasn't particularly hard, which by the looks of VFA's judgments on these sorts of things seems to be their rule because Kanyos' headbutt for Brentford wasn't very good. It wasn't a good headbutt, so he didn't get charged. Well, Hurahan's mm. wasn't a good punch, so he didn't get charged. <gasps> Maybe I should go out in town and not punch someone very hard and see what happens. Well, I don't understand why it doesn't count for Bamford, though, because that wasn't very good faking either, and yet he got banned. Yeah, true. I fake it better than that. Yeah. And uh, the, the confusion I had, I, I kind of assumed El Ghazi had been sent off. I hadn't seen the, the Bamford incident yet. I assumed he kind of got sent off as a, a culmination of his efforts through there because I got him and Hurahan mixed up. Because Well, Conor in Hurahan, fairness, Anwar El Ghazi and Conor Hurahan look really similar. Well, you say this, but Conor Hurahan's actually a very well-tanned man mm. for someone from Ireland. <laughs> and I was looking at this yesterday, and honestly, I, I thought El Ghazi was the person who had first grabbed hold of, of Click afterwards. Yeah. So that that was kind of my other thing was I didn't did quite realise how well tanned Conor Hurahan is uh, until just afterwards. Yeah, no, I, I say they, they've overturned El Ghazi's red, which is absolutely fine. Bamford's ban is fine. I just I can't I can't get my head round how Hurahan has escaped punishment. Even if I, the thing the thing that gets me is as well as the punch, there's the way he grabs hold of Click, there's the way he's pushing people. There's a in all of that, even if there's not a red card, which, I mean, there is for the punch, there's about three or four yellow cards in there. Yeah. I, I, it's two minutes of madness from Hurahan. And yeah, I just I just don't understand how... I, and again, it doesn't help this whole theory of, the you know, the authorities are against us. You know, to look at that and... I, I don't understand how you can look at the TV and go... Well, El Ghazi never made contact, so we'll overturn that. Doesn't uh, doesn't a Hurahan punch a guy over there? Yeah, don't worry about that. Just, that's fine. Yeah, it, the you, I, I hate playing into that whole narrative, but they do keep giving us reasons, don't they? Mm. And again, I, I like when the fine comes along for failing to control our players, which I also think is the stupidest thing, because. As a manager, you're not allowed, or as a club, you're not really able to do anything once there's a group of men on the field. But yeah. that's by the by. And also, without wanting to sound like a six-year-old, they started it. <laughs> <laughs> like if they fine both clubs for failing to control their players, Villa's fine ought to be four times leaders. 
Because Leeds fa- Le- the Leeds players only got involved because three of them grabbed all the click around his fucking neck. What were they meant to do? Stand there and let it happen? That was, that was the one good moment for Patrick Bamford is that he did seem to get her hand in a headlock briefly. Yeah, I think that's the bit he got booked for. He went full, he went wrestling style, got him in a full Nelson, transitioned into the headlock. Well, in fairness, Tories have got a history of not liking the Irish that much. <laughs> he just needs to go for the side headlock takeover and uh, he could go into the rest spot for two minutes, but it was, uh, it was nice. Yeah. Seamless from Bamford. I was just waiting for the fish out of water spot at the end. <laughs> right, uh, so that's the brawl. We've buried Bamford for what he did. Uh, I guess the next question is, would you have given him the goal back? No. And a lot of that is to do with the fact that John Terry was there. Yeah, oh, God. So, yeah. John Terry, who... Moral arbiter, John yeah, Terry. Yelling at Bielsa over a question of morals. Like, John Terry, who racially abused someone. Do we have to say allegedly? Mm, I don't think so, because no, no, we don't. No, he did. <laughs> All right, good. Yeah, J- John Terry has done, like, some really shady fucking things. Like, I wonder how he felt morally about banging his teammate's wife. <laughs> and there's no allegedly on that one, for certain. <laughs> no, I do feel sorry for Wayne Bridge as that continues to keep coming out. Yeah. And then I don't I don't know if you've seen this as the the video footage has emerged from this season when Stoke had a man down. Yeah, I was going to come on to this later because theirs is so much worse than ours. Mm. Uh, just go through the goal for people who haven't seen it for the for the goal against Stoke. Yeah. Uh, so player goes down out on the touchline. I, th- I think it's Eric Peters. It is Eric Peters at left back. At left back, uh, Villa keep the ball. And then they move back out to the left wing, kind of edge of the penalty area. Central defender has to come out. Cross goes in, and they score from it. And they have so they have not only benefited from Stoke being down a man, they have also exploited the position he would have been in. Yeah, there's where the big difference is. They've had a left back. Stoke's left back is down, so they run at where the left back should be and cross the ball and score. When Leeds scored, the player that was down was their centre forward. It makes no difference to their defensive shape whatsoever. None. The only reason there's no one marking click is because they've all stopped playing. If if Leeds conceded that goal, I can understand Villa fans going, oh, they should have put ball out. If it happened to Leeds, I'd probably be thinking they should have put the ball out. But I'd also be fucking fuming at my team for switching off like that. Yeah, it's and I think the thing that everyone said... Scoreboy stuff. You learn that at seven or eight. You play to the whistle. Mm. You know, I, I get annoyed now still when my girls team in practice, if someone gets tripped up in a game, three of them will go check to see if she's okay. okay and you're just looking at, no, guys, we've got a game going on. Go. Leave her to die. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, it's something you're taught from a very early age. And these guys are paid tens of thousands of pounds to, to play and and the fact that they made that mistake is it's laughable to be honest that they that they just stopped assuming that we should put it out yeah so for it's worth I agree I wouldn't have given the goal back no I, de- I might have put the ball out but I definitely wouldn't have given the goal back that's their own fault mm. but Bielsa is Bielsa he's 
a guy who is very stringent morally, even though the media has tried to paint him as this amoral cheat, which is literally the opposite of what he is. Mm. Yeah, they're bloody foreigners, mate, coming over here, taking our coaching jobs. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Obviously, I was at the games, I only heard it later. Have you heard the Sky Sports commentary? I have not, no. I've heard a couple of interesting points that Paul Robinson seemed to have brought up during halftime and at the end of the game. Um, but yeah. I haven't heard the commentary from the game. Was was it Don Goodman? It was. Uh, oh, God. But basically, from the second Roberts played the pass, they went into Leeds are a disgrace. They are such a disgrace. They are horrible and awful. And then when Bielsa gave them the goal back, when Bielsa went, give them the goal, give them the goal. Leeds are still a disgrace. Leeds are horrible. Everything that's wrong with football is Leeds United. But Bielsa's okay, though. Is how they framed it. And honestly, when you listen to it back, they genuinely, like, how the fuck anyone could employ them ever again? Like, they are just, it's such a bollocks approach to analysis. Like, this is a nuanced issue, and they have gone in with a 110% no leads a fucking scumbags approach. It's, it's an absolute disgrace. And, and and I think like the issue is, and that's something I believe at this point now is, if you're looking, for, if you, especially as if you're a parent and you and you want your kid to grow up with something that's got morals in, football is probably not going to be it. It's full of overpaid knobheads in in every section, and there will be there's probably there's going to be so many instances of people being dickheads. Whether it's the first thing that came to my mind was that picture of Liam Ridgewell wipe pretending to wipe his ass with a 50 pound note to John Terry to the list goes on. And this idea, and and again, I think we've mentioned it already this season. Phil Hay was saying after uh, spying stuff that English football doesn't have to think it's whiter than white. This whole, oh, it's all clean and pure. And he's just there thinking, no, it's not. Shut up. Yeah, it, it literally just occurred to me when you were going through people. Uh, the game was on Sunday. It's now Wednesday. It is still like... Pff. There was a Champions League semi-final last night, and I'm still hearing more about this. They hate us because they ain't us, I believe is uh, it's the term. How quiet has it all gone on the Joey Barton assaulting someone front? Mm-hmm. Now, I know there is a criminal investigation into that, so the media will go quieter on it. But, like, the Twitter stuff, no one brings it up anymore. There's none of it. I'd say Hurrahan punching someone is far worse than us passing a ball and scoring. But you only hear about one of them. It's just a, a very strange double standard. Um, the last thing is uh, Pontus Janssen. Fucking hero. God my question him. is, because I've I've got my opinion on this already, what do you think he was trying to do? I I honestly thought and I, that he was trying to put it out for a throw-in. I don't think I would go as far as to say he was disobeying orders. You know, I don't think he was trying to prove a point to Bielsa or anything like that, but he, he shouldn't have done it. He shouldn't have, but I don't think he was trying to get the ball. At all. I think Adoma's touch, he knocks it miles in front of him. If Janssen wants to win that ball, he's 80-20 mm. favourite. And he just swings his left leg nowhere near it. 
Right, I don't think he's trying to win the ball. I think he's trying to say to the crowd, I don't agree with this decision. Yeah, that very much fits in with Ponce's personality as well. Pontus does have a little bit of for himself in him, which all the best, all good players do have a little bit of that. Mm. Uh, and I genuinely think I don't think for a second he was actually trying to tackle Adoma. I think he was making the point that I don't agree with this. And by the sounds of the Leeds fans' reaction, I reckon ninety-eight percent in the ground didn't agree. Mm. What do What do you make to? Bielsa's comments about it afterwards. Uh, the comments re- regarding giving the goal back or regarding Janssen? Regarding Janssen. You see, I, it, well, he was making a joke. It's, it's so odd just because, uh, like, you could read that and given, especially that it's translated, you looked at, I looked at that and that person went, well, this is interesting. And then it's just him going, I am joking. Yeah, if I read that quote because obviously I don't speak the language, without the bit where he says, literally says that he's being ironic. You'd think he's hanging a man out to try. Yeah, I'd, I'd think, oh shit, he's going to drop Janssen here and he's not going to play in playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> but because he, he said because he said that, I was fine with it. As I say, Janssen probably shouldn't have walked over and did that. After Bielsa said, give him the goal, as much mm. as I wouldn't have done it, it's not really going to matter, so just do it. The other question is, what do you think would have happened if Sheffield United had got beat in their game and the exact same situation occurred? I think I think we'd have still done that. I think Bielsa would have done it. I think the players would have been angrier about it. I think that what would have happened is Bielsa... I think Bielsa would have reacted exactly the same way as well. And then I think Janssen would have actually put it, put both the ball and the Doma in the stand. <laughs> Although, can I say what I think would actually happen if if we were in that position is that we'd have probably been losing 3-0. <laughs> so, I, I, pretty much a moot point, really. Yeah. Oh, unfortunately, I, I think we'd have caved again. But, no, a very bizarre 10 minutes of football that I won't see again for a long time. Yeah, you see, it's weird. It's going to be such a loaded podcast because... That's going to be the majority of it because not much else has happened. Uh, we'll try and finish on the actual football again. Uh, I thought everyone other than Jack Harrison played well. Yeah, I thought I'd tell you who I thought did quite well from the start. I thought Stuart Dallas had a good game, and I think he he enjoyed getting forward in this game. Yeah, Dallas was pretty solid. It's a shame that he got injured, and that's why he had to go off. Mm. But he'll. Uh, it looks like he'll miss the Ipswich game, which doesn't matter, and he'll be okay for playoffs. In a playoff game, particularly with the away game being first, I think I'd play Berardi anyway. Mm. Uh, but we'll go back to that. I thought Janssen and Cooper were both very good as well. Uh, and they look so much more comfortable with Phillips in front of them. Yeah. And, and to be fair, I thought... I think that's that's the best those three have played as a, as a midfield three, of, as a... Phillips, Forshaw and Click. Yeah, Forshaw, again, I I don't mind, I don't particularly dislike Forshaw. I just think Leeds as a whole are worse when he plays at number four. But mm. when he plays as VA, it was fine. And that, I don't like Click at 10, I've said loads of times, because I think his runs are better from deep. But yeah. he, he played better at 10 than I've seen him play before. He's had better yeah. games in his normal position than that, but that's the best he's played further forward. Yeah, because we, we had that run with him at 10 round about the time I came back over Christmas and in November when we had a few injuries when we were playing that 
those three as kind of the spine of the midfield. Yeah, that was that run of games where we didn't create out and then size came on with 25 minutes left and created everything. Mm. Oh, that was something I meant to say actually at the end that I've thought that I thought about very briefly. I think it was just after we'd done the podcast uh, last week, and I thought about it the next day. So after the obviously after the two defeats, feeling the lowest of the lows, I did have a look to see when Samu Sai's loan would be up, and because at that point I was thinking, oh Christ, just anything, give yeah. me some sort of positive. But no, I'm guessing with it being the World Cup, the Spanish season runs a little bit later. It does. I believe his loan is technically up in time for the playoffs, but I don't think he's allowed to play until the window opens again. Yeah. Which is after the playoffs. There was part of me like, uh, just something. <laughs> Someone creative. Yeah. I also, the other thing I wanted to mention was Roberts came on and played wide and did really well. It looked really dangerous. He put some great crosses in. I'd say it's probably his best performance since it was either the West Brom game or the game afterwards, which I can't entirely remember. But, I, you know, I think that that performance has been a little while coming, but he was fantastic. Yeah, um, the, other th- the other thing, I've forgotten to put it on my notes, actually, but it did just jump into my head. Even though we didn't really get anywhere with him, Dodd Phillips on corners was better. Yeah. Um, I, and for whatever reason, he's always, he's always the guy taking corners from me on Football Manager. He's always had a decent rating. Well, he, it's a couple of years ago when he played, he used to take quite a lot of set pieces. Mm. But yeah, after especially after the, the Brentford game, watching all of Harrison's corners go deep, and most of the time too deep. Hernandez's corners are very hit and miss. Yeah, we were actually getting consistent deliveries, which was nice. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else from all of... I mean, I think it says a lot about how wide this went, that uh, the Anfield rap messaged us asking if we could go on to talk about this. <laughs> to, to try and explain this. Yeah. I, b- I believe it's on one of the ones that, one of their ones that's behind a paywall, so I'm not going to plug it or anything. But what we're, in its stead, I will plug something... Uh, I, I did put it on Twitter, but just in case anyone didn't see it, uh, the last TIFO football podcast. Ah, uh, yes, about Bielsa. Yeah, it's Alex Stewart and John McKenzie talking about Bielsa for 70-odd minutes, and it's really good. Professor John McKenzie. It speaks like he is, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... I think, tad dis- I think we'll be a little bit disappointed that we probably didn't get a goal in the last 10 minutes, but... Yeah, we should talk time, a little bit about the game after the red card, actually. We massively got on top and dominated them. Mm. And looked like... Sco- actually, the difference was we actually looked like we'd score. Uh, yeah, the, this this time, as opposed to the Wigan game, where it was just hopeful balls into the box and shots from distance, they were having to charge down shots, I think. Uh, Roberts had it, one cleared offline, didn't he? Yeah, Jed Steer made a couple of good saves in the last two or three minutes as well. He made one right at the end that was a hell of a save considering he'd pretended he only had one leg for the last four minutes. Yeah, he did pretty well getting across his goal. Yeah. It was because it was his ankle that he was holding on to. But yeah, they for Villa, it was kind of very much last-ditch defending. They were charging things down and we were unlucky to not get a goal in those last ten minutes. Yeah, because it didn't really matter what the result was. And I said on the last one, you know, oh, I'm, in a, I'm glad that if we were going to fuck it up, we did it with a couple of games to go to try and get some confidence back. This was a much better performance. 
with a bit of needle, and hopefully that'll help him get the confidence back. And I honestly, I do think that kind of Ferrar that, that will have come out of this game is the sort of thing, again, kind of you hope inspires that back to the wall performance, which is probably quite a good mentality to get into at this stage of the season. Yeah. Uh, for that game, I had us getting beat 3-0. You had a 2-0 win, so neither of us get out. I did go back because I'd never got them for the last one. Uh, I closed up slightly because you got one correct result out of three, and so did I, but on the one I got correct, I had 2-0 Brentford. Yeah, there you go. So you're 12 points ahead, 57 to 45. And we're now guaranteed at least two more games for you to get a few more points. Yeah, it'll all come down to the overalls. I I will at some point have to go back and listen to the pre-season one to make notes. Uh, so the under-23s. Uh, the day after, I think it was the day after his last podcast, they got knocked out in the cup semi-final. Uh, they got beat three 0 by Newcastle. They played quite well in the first half and were probably and were better side, but didn't get a goal. And then Newcastle got a penalty early in second, one 0 and then twice on, we got caught going for the game. It was a few mad minutes really, but yeah, you know, they, they played okay. And to get to the semi-final is a hell of a run for a Category Two team. Yeah. They've done, they've done a great job this season, both in the league and the cup. Like you say, to, to get to the final four is, is fantastic. Yeah. And then last night, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch it live. I've only got to see highlights because uh, I just I wasn't in. I would have watched it. To be honest, if I wouldn't have been busy, I'd have gone to Ellen Road. Uh, but the PDL National semi-final, uh, Leeds 3, Coventry 2 after extra time. Uh, Leeds put out a pretty strong team, as you'd expect. It were Peacock, Farrell and Goal, Shackleton, Halmer, Stroik and Clackadour, McCalmont in the Phillips role, Gotts in the Clicks role, Bogarts as number 10, and then Stevens and Clark on the wings, and Izzy Brown starting as a striker. Yeah, interesting. Leeds were massively dominant first half. Only were 1-0 up at half-time, but should have been way more. A good goal from Robbie Gotts after a good flick on from Izzy Brown. Uh, they equalised about it about an hour in, I think, if I remember right. Uh, I've seen the goal back. Halmer got caught in possession on the edge of our box, but it was a, I think it was a foul. It was like mm. a push from behind, but they squared it, tap into an empty net. Edmondson came on, hit post twice in about three minutes, uh, and then their keeper dropped a corner at his feet and he scored 85th minute. So it looked like they were through, and then they scored with a huge deflection in 92nd minute. But then the one bit that I'm hoping that you will have seen, because it's been all over Twitter, Temenushkov's winner off the bench. I, uh, actually, I haven't seen this. Oh, it's, it's, okay, ball comes to him about 25 yards out. He like, skips to, right at def- to his right against defender, who goes down. And about 20 yards out, he just absolutely belts it into the corner. It's a really good goal, and you could, it, you could see how much how how much this under twenty three football means to him, because the Leeds players went mental, and about five Coventry players immediately just collapsed to the ground. Yeah, because they'd been backs to the wall, really fighting us off. And uh, you know they've got a lot of issues as well, and they're looking like they're going to have to move out of their stadium again. Well, there's, there's, I don't think it will happen, but like there's a vote over whether they get expelled from the league, isn't there, and stuff. Christ, yeah. Admittedly, all the chairmen that are on Twitter, which admittedly isn't many of them, but they're all saying we're not oh. going to vote to kick you out. Don't worry. Oh, sorry, I've just I've just watched the goal now, and you, it it looks as if 
five of the Coventry players have died when that ball went in the net. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could, like you say, it perfectly encapsulates what it meant to them for that game because those, those, they've got five lads who are just lying down, head in hands. But that's a, that's a really nice finish. Yeah. Uh, as of yet, I don't think there's a date or the location for the final. Uh, the final will be against Birmingham. They beat Ipswich 3-0 yesterday. Mm. I was hoping to play Ipswich even though they won the Southern League and Birmingham was second in the Northern. Because when we played Birmingham, and I've seen them play Birmingham and play Ipswich, and Birmingham looked better. Yeah. Like we battered Ipswich. I think it was 3-0 and it could have been 6. Hopefully. I'm hoping that it's like done on a coin toss and Leeds win and it'll be Ellen Road. Because it does happen under, because it should be at a neutral location, really. But I don't see him pissing about with that for under twenty threes. Mate, you've got you've got to use utilize Wembley as often as you can. <laughs> We're here at Wembley Stadium in front of seven hundred and fifty people. Nah, mate. You, on this, if they give if they give a week and a half's notice, we'd get a couple of thousand. We'd. I bet. I. I'm not just saying this. If it were an under twenty three final and they put it on at Wembley and Leeds were in it and they said. But tickets are four quid. People would travel to London. <laughs> I bet. I bet you'd end up with ten thousand. I'd love to. I'd love to see that. Yeah. So that's that's the main bit. Well, one of the main bits of news. There's a few injuries since the last podcast. Alioski's out for the season. Leif Davis is out for the season. Stuart Dallas is out for the Ipswich game. And Clark Adore went off injured in the under twenty three game. So with the addition of Barry Douglas. Five of Leeds' six left backs are out injured. No, no, uh, no pressure on Berardi's legs then. Yeah, uh, you better do well, Gitana. <laughs> it's like it really. It, it could have been a real chance for Leif Davis. He really. He would have probably played against Ipswich. Yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting. To, we'll come on to it, but it'll be very interesting to see kind of the decisions he makes going into the Ipswich game. Yeah, the other bit of news is that Roof should be back for that Ipswich game. Uh, the PFA team at season came out, which is the one voted for by players. Janssen, Cooper, and Fernandez all get in. Yeah, good. All, all thoroughly deserved. All fair enough. You could make arguments for other players instead of Janssen and Cooper. Janssen and Cooper have been per- have been great and easily good enough to get in. But there have been other, like John Egan and Jack O'Connell at Sheffield United, have also been brilliant at centre back. Adam Webster down at Bristol City has as well. I reckon that there was five or six that if you picked them, I couldn't really complain. But I'm glad Janssen and Cooper got it. Mm. And Hernandez after missing out on the... Uh, EFL one. On the Yeah, that which was just inexplicable. Yeah, that one, there isn't an excuse. Like He had to be in it. He should be in any of them. Mm. Uh, and then the awards ceremony was after the Villa game. Uh, Click got goal at season for one away at Chef Wednesday. Which was my one. I think that's what I voted for as well. Uh, Jack Clark won Young Player of the Year, which yeah. I think if the vote was now, he wouldn't. But because of because of when it was, he got it. I think now, actually, I think Tyler Roberts had got it. Yeah, it'd be, I think it'd be close either way, but I think I, I, I probably would have still gone for Clark if, if you'd have asked me to vote. Yeah. Because uh, I think... I think, and it, and I was actually listening to a Five Live uh, podcast about the the Premier League, the PFA team of the year, and and again, it's kind of about when the vote is and which players are in form at at times. But I, th- I think on the whole, you you probably look at Clark as as the young player of the year. I think I think Roberts is kind of 
probably played more of a peripheral, which is hard to say, considering the amount of appearances that Clark made from the bench early on, and especially just him turning up at half time for several games. Um, I, I think for me, yeah, I think he'd have, he'd have still won it. Uh, yeah, I'd say that we we we're lucky in that there's a fair few who could have who could have got in for it. Mm. Is Calvin Phillips still eligible? Well, that, I'm literally googling that as we speak because although I don't remember what our preseason awards were, he is still 23. So yeah, he is because I think I picked Phillips to win it. Yeah, I think, I think we may have had this discussion at the start of the season as well. Because the rule has always been under 24 at the start of the season, hasn't it? Because, I mean, Raheem Sterling won Young Player of the Year this year. Uh, 27. Unbelievable. Yeah. But, like, it depends on when they break through. Like, if a 21-year-old just broke into the team, you wouldn't think twice about him getting Young Player of the Year. But if a 21-year-old mm. who'd broke into the team at 16 got it and had been playing for five seasons... You think, all right, come on, mate. Yeah. You've had enough. And there. Sterling's like that. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's 24 now, but he started playing in the Premier League at 17. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he made a joke about it as well on his Twitter as well. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, strictly speaking, I think if, you, if, if Phillips is in there, it probably should be Calvin Phillips. If he's eligible, it probably should be. Well, no, it definitely should be, actually, because for me, he's second in play of the year. Mm. So he should win the young one because Pablo, uh, Pablo Hernandez won both player's player and player of the year. Yeah, he's a bit good. Yeah, he's been brilliant. We all love Pablo. Yeah, I think the other one that deserves a shout-out, that young player, who I don't even think he got nominated, which was harsh. I think Peacock Farrell should have gotten nominated. Yeah. He had some poor games, but he was first-choice keeper for half a season. He's had some good moments as well. Again, you, you just think back to the Reading penalty save. Mm. As uh, how mental we all went in that game, considering that was a team we should have beaten handily and we played appallingly against. Yeah, and and uh, he gets a lot of stick just Peacock Farrell, but uh, you know, uh, I think he's a decent keeper. Obviously, when you are able to get a goalkeeper in for Real Madrid, it kind of puts it into perspective a little bit. But he's uh, yeah, he's he's done a good job for us this season. Yeah. Uh, well, before we talk about the Ipswich game, is there what else that we've? Can you think of what we've missed? Um. No. No, I think we're good. Uh, I haven't... Sorry, I, th- I thought you were trying to catch me out with something there. No, I, ju- I, I think I that that's everything. paranoid. No, I think that's everything. Uh, I haven't gone bothered going through it, which is squad, really. Matthew Pennington's not there anymore, so it doesn't matter. No, like, I, I remember they've still got a... They've still got um, that Enciala, who's a decent centre-back, with a, and when they go down, he'll be very good in League One. The one thing with them, with Paul Hurst signing all those talented League One players and it not working, it means that a lot of them will be really good next season, like John Nolan that they got from Shrewsbury. And they're actually going to get a chance to play Andre Dazelle and people like that, these good young players that they've got that haven't been getting a chance. Mm. But they're, I mean, you know, everyone knows they're down the bottom 28 points from 45 games. We We do sort of need a point to... Because, at least a point because we need to I think we need to stay in third for psychological reasons rather than fourth yeah. I, I don't particularly think it matters where you finish in the playoffs and it isn't because we'd get an easier game which it's probably going to be Derby or it's going to be Derby or Bristol City or Middlesbrough and I would mm. say all of them are easier games than playing West Brom or Villa yes. but 
I don't think that particularly matters in the playoffs. It is a little bit of a lottery. Yeah. But just psychologically, I think it's important that we... I think it'd be important for us to play well in this game and at least get the point and finish third. Uh, the main thing is, who do you think will play in this game? Do you think Bielsa will change much? I think this game lends itself towards... I think Bielsa will start with and the full-strength team that he can put out. Uh, but I do think you'll see quite a few young players on the bench. Yeah. And I think he'll, I think he may look to, if we get in a, a comfortable position, I think he'd look to use them sooner rather than later. Um, I mean, for this one, you've got to imagine Ryan Edmondson will be on the bench now with, um, with Kemar Roof coming in. I think he'll start. Yeah. Roof, Roof definitely needs to start because he hasn't had that much football. And those mm. sub appearances he made, he was crap. Yeah. So he needs to start a game up front to try and get some co- to get his confidence back because I think that going into the playoffs he'll be first choice over Bamford, and obviously the first game Bamford's going to be suspended anyway. Yeah, and I think I think it'll suit Roof to be back up front. I think, and again, I'm trying to remember which game it was. He he had a couple of games at number ten. It would have been around February, just before just before he got injured, and he looked. And it looked quite a good partnership with him and Bamford, but it's not been there in these sub appearances anyway. So I think it'd be good for him to get back at, at, you know, get back up front, leading the line. And you know, I think he needs at least a solid hour, uh, maybe a little bit longer. But it would be again, it'd be quite nice to see Ryan Edmondson make an appearance. I think his under twenty three performances this season have, have merited that. Yeah, well, I've been saying for ages. I'd definitely have him on bench. Uh, I think that. Ailing Janssen, Cooper, Berardi will be back for. I mean, there's very little scope to change that, to be honest, even if you wanted to. No, but but what I would say is if, because he's just been injured and stuff, if any of them are 98% fit, rest them. Mm. Like, if Cooper still has even the slightest knock from that thing before, just play Halmer. I, th- I think you're right. I think it's very much what we... I think that this is the sort of game where you'd probably start seven of your first team load you know and then kind of have a couple of the younger players come in like you say Halmer comes in maybe uh have Jamie Shackleton start in midfield ahead of uh either click or for sure and then you have a couple of players you know the rest of your first team players on the bench with a couple of youngsters and then if the game's going well then you know get Edmondson on for the last 20 minutes for roof you know if you want to give Robbie Gotts a chance bring him on for Luke, you know, Luke Ayling for the last 20, 25 minutes to rest him. I, I'd do it that way, but I I think Bielsa being Bielsa, I think he'll be the full-strength team. Yeah, I do as well. I, I think it'll probably remain... It'll be Phillips. I think it'll be Phillips for Shockley in midfield. Do you think Roberts comes in for Harrison? I don't think he does, but I hope he does. Oh, I'll tell you mm. what, actually. No, I'd play Roberts... On one wing, and you know who I'd definitely start Jack Clark in this game? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's the worst idea. Because he could do with some confidence and it might help him. Because I definitely wouldn't play Hernandez. Yeah, you, you'll you know. He's, 30, he's, he's what, 33 now? Maybe 34? Yeah. Give him a, a little rest before these playoffs start. Mm. When do, do the playoffs kick off next week then? The playoffs, uh, the first game, we don't know yet whether we'll be the early kickoff or the late kickoff. 
but we'll be yeah. home in the, we'll be at home second leg because we'll be either third or fourth no matter what. So yeah. Saturday the is that the eleventh of May? A week on Saturday. Uh yes. Yeah, a week on Saturday will be first leg, and then the second leg will be either Tuesday night or Wednesday night, depending on which game we're in and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think, and this this is this is where it all goes wrong. I would like to think we can get a point from this. <laughs> you know, it's Ipswich. Come on. Okay, sorry. I'm just I'm just having a look at an article here. I was just going to try and draw up the dates as you were telling me. I believe the finals Monday the 29th. Yes. If we were to get there, which is an if. I'm not tempting fate. If. No, uh, the 29th is a Wednesday. Okay, then it might be the 27th then, or something. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I remember. If I remember right, it's the week before. Yeah, the week before the uh, the Champions League final because they used to do those on have those on the same day. Yeah. He used, to, yeah, he used to get the playoffs in the or as the early kickoff and then Champions League final in the evening. Um, let's have a look. Sorry, this article I'm looking at is just, it's so Americanized. Uh, I'm on goal.com. It's, what are the championship playoffs? Which teams have qualified for the championship playoffs? Yeah, first leg's May 11th, then second leg's 14th and 15th. And the final is Monday, May 27th. Yeah. Uh, 3 p.m. kickoff. Seven. Oh Christ! Yeah, seven. Uh, seven a.m. kickoff for me. The final. Well, you know, if we were to get that, I think that one might be worth you getting up. Ah, uh, just uh, I'll watch it later. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as it, I would make a couple of changes. I wouldn't make wholesale changes or anything, but I would make a couple. Mm. Uh, this game doesn't really matter. So if I'm gonna do it, it has to be this one. I think we'll win two one. Well, hey, he's gone for the win. And it's four 0 to Ipswich. Yeah, I, I, I've had a tendency of going, uh, going for us getting a few goals in these games. So I'm going to go against that, and I'm going to say we win one nil. Cool. Uh, well, the next podcast will be after this game, and once we know what the who we're playing in the playoff semi. Uh, I, th- I believe we can't end up. Provided we come for, if we were to drop to fourth, because West Brom could go above us, we would definitely be playing Villa. Yeah, because Villa can't overtake West Brom, yeah. can they? So that that's nailed on, and obviously we don't want to play Villa. But no, if, if we were to get third, if we were to pl- get third, who do you want out of Derby, Bristol, and Middlesbrough? I think I'd want Derby. I, I think they've they've struggled with us in terms of uh, kind of what we one we absolutely dominated them at the start of the season. And then they fell to pieces after the spying stuff came out. There was absolutely, I don't know what it was Frank Lampard told them, but they just fell to pieces in that game at Ellen Road. If I I was to rank them in order of the teams I'd like, it'd be Derby, Bristol and Middlesbrough. Yeah, and with you, I don't want Middlesbrough. I don't want shithouse Pulis. No, we, we, we don't, again, we don't tend to do so well in those games. Whereas, you know, Frank Lampard's, Derby County, open, free-flowing, Lampard's Derby County. I think I think you'd actually get a game, and I, I, that's that's the sort of game I back is to win. Where we're playing against a team who are also playing to win. Yeah, uh, I, it's just jumped into my head. The one thing that we didn't mention was: Did you see pissed up Chris Wilder? <laughs> Bless him! What a time to start interviewing him. Yeah, I didn't saying, uh, "Oh, you've got some Muppets of them leads talking about us not having bollocks and stuff." Now, admittedly, he was being a little bit of a dick talking about Farshaw and Bamford, but, you know, he was a bit drunk. I ain't going to hold that against him particularly. 
as much as <laughs> it was just funny as much as he does annoy me with the whole the way he talks about his squad this squad's not that good and i'm brilliant mm. he has done a brilliant job so i can't really begrudge him it i uh i did quite like as well and phil hay retweeted it is Sheffield Wednesday putting out a statement congratulating Sheffield United for getting promoted. Oh God! If if could you imagine if Leeds did that? Yeah, congratulations to uh, congratulations to Manchester United for winning the Premier League. Like what? What are you doing? Like it's it's so bizarre. and it came because it came from the chairman as well. It wasn't just a uh, and I'm guessing it's because a lot of people went. Oh, I don't want my name attached to this. Yeah. Um. But yeah, because it was it was just attributed to their chairman. What a strange thing to do. Yeah, it, it was a very odd thing to do. The sentiment's lovely. <laughs> like, you can't fault the sentiment. But it's such a strange thing to do. I can fault the sentiment. It's for something seriously fucking wrong with him. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulate Sheffield United on promotion when you're the owner of Chef Wednesday. Not having it that. I a... just seems such an odd decision. <laughs> I don't... I don't know if he'd come in and just went, right, stick this up on a... Stick this as a state... Because it just says a club statement as well. Yeah. So I think you, you're going into it thinking it's... Um, thinking that it's going to be something serious. And now we'd just like to uh, congratulate our friends across the city for being promoted. They've done a great job this season. And... Clearly, there must be some people that have just loaded up now. I want to see what the first comment is. So, what? Why even do this? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, right, I think that'll do us uh, because we need to get done so we can get to the pub in time for Liverpool Barca. Uh, so that'll do us for episode 46 at Mike White's podcast. Uh, you can get the podcast direct from MikeWrightsPodcast.com. It's also on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, all of that stuff. Uh, the stuff we write goes up on through it all together, which is at T-H-R-U, it's all L-U-F-C. It's, I'm just enjoying this nice little bit of calmness before the playoffs when I start absolutely shitting myself again. It's going to be a nice week. Yeah, just a, ni- a nice calm week where we do- I don't really have to think about it too much before I have the inevitable mental breakdown. But I've been Jack, see ya. And I've been Casey, have a good one. Oh, that's the other thing, there's also a load of good videos on uh, Tifo about Bielsa this week, they're doing like a whole week on him. So uh, put in T4 football on YouTube. They're all quite good. Weird time to do a plug right at the end, but it'll do. Right, see ya.